Hi, welcome to Piloting. I'm Renee. And I'm Melissa. And we're your hosts. Piloting is a podcast for people who refuse to live on autopilot, where we celebrate risk takers, go-getters, and anyone craving a change. How are you, Melissa? I'm doing really well today. How about you? Good. I feel like I've been on a bit of a journey the past week. Um, (laughs) So since our last recording, I had an amazing trip to the Dominican Republic. I did a long weekend with two friends. It was amazing. And then I came back and had a really awful sinus infection. So I went from a high to a low. So it's been a a busy week in different ways, but mostly good. What have you been up to? Um hardcore on the job hunt front (laughs) i know off the pod i was Mm. updating you a little bit there so putting a lot of feelers out there i'm feeling like closer and closer to figuring out what that next step is and whatever it is i'll be sure to share with the pod of course um but other than like work stuff i've been catching up with a lot of friends and get going on coffee dates um doing a lot of like restorative yoga and on Yesterday, I actually took a sound healing class for the first time um, and was severely underprepared. And she was like, by unprepared, I mean, everyone, I like walked in and I was like one of the first people there. And then as more people came in, they just had, they just like brought these tote bags and inside of their tote bags, they had blankets, fuzzy socks. Um, What was that whole, a, a Snuggie? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Someone had one of those. They brought pillows. It was like a whole thing. And all I had was like the typical yoga bolster, a mat, and I did wear socks, so that's good. Um, and so next <laughs> and next time, so I just gotta like do the whole thing. <laughs> like bring pack your tote bag the night before. Yeah. Yeah. So sound healing if if other folks aren't familiar with it. It's you essentially are just like laying in class, like however, in whichever position you find comfortable. It could be on your side, on your back. You can use props like a bolster, apparently blankets. And the instructor is making like a lot of these like very like soothing sounds. Um, You can think of it like ASMR and it's just supposed to get you in like a really zen place. Um, So... I liked it a lot. Um, I definitely caught myself like falling asleep a few times and like been woken up by like a snore. And I'm like, I'm like, oh God. <laughs> but I'm pretty not sure. Not a snore. <laughs> it was more of just like a, yeah, like not like hardcore snoring, but just a. <laughs> but other people around me were doing like the same thing. So it's like a vibe. You're basically, you basically pay to take a nap as if you're in kindergarten again. So (laughs) honestly, the way life and the world works these days, I'd be down to pay for a nap, (laughs) like a nice, high quality sound healing, restorative nap. I'm not against that. I've done yoga classes sometimes where it's a very gentle flow yoga. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, they give you more time for that final shavasana than normal. And I went to one where they gave you pillows like those thick woven blankets mm-hmm. and I went with a friend thankfully and she like shook me out of a deep sleep like in the five <laughs> minutes they gave us I was like fully in REM and 
she was like, hey, so they're emptying the room. <laughs> you need to wake up so we can leave. <laughs> you know? But those five minutes funny. felt so good. <laughs> I, that's – I have not had that happen to me yet. That's – because I can fall asleep in situations. Like, I fall asleep in cars. Don't recommend this, obviously, but I have fallen asleep on transit. Um, So – Falling asleep in a yoga class, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. But I do find myself at least waking up when it ends. <laughs> so that's good. Same. But I think this was just so – I think the blanket is what really sent me over the edge. Mm. Like if they hadn't given – because it was also a thick – it wasn't officially a weighted blanket, but there was some heft to it. Yeah. So I think, you know, people who use weighted blankets, it just – it really puts you in that like sleep mode mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure and that's a good that's a good training to build right how to rest better um and mm-hmm. so i guess adulthood is now paying someone to teach you how to sleep <laughs> yeah what we used to do as babies on our own we're now like asking people to guide us yeah. to do it apparently <laughs> there's no shame in asking for help <laughs> and paying for it <laughs> Yeah, if you got it, spend it, I guess. (laughs) No shame. Um, But this week, we are not talking about rest, although rest is very important and we love rest. This week, we're talking about when you're starting something new, specifically a business or a new venture, and making the decision, do I go it alone or do I go in with a partner? Whether that's just a random business partner you meet or a friend, a partner, a family member. Do I go solo or do I go in with someone else? And we just thought it would be a fun thing to talk about because I think a lot of people starting businesses have this, they have to make this decision. And I mean, it's something you and I obviously made a decision to do Mm -hmm. to start the podcast together. So yeah, what what are your thoughts about it, Melissa? Like working, because I feel like you you've had entrepreneurial ventures before mm-hmm. have those tra- have those all been with someone else or have you had some that have been fully solo they well it's not that i've had many i've had one instance where i legit had like an llc and a partnership with somebody else and um obviously i'm not doing that anymore but i learned i honestly learned a lot more about building a partnership and what to look for in that and sort of like what are the questions that you should be asking yourself in the research and preparation for this podcast versus the research I probably should have done prior to opening up a business with somebody else. And that just comes with like thinking about something and then just doing it versus getting paralyzed by overthinking and overprepping. But I definitely have learned a lot about what – and the hard questions that you should be asking yourself and the other person to ensure that it is a very good relationship and it's built on a very good trusted partnership. And the the LLC and like the partnership that I had, I didn't leave it because it was sour or anything like that. Um, I still have so much respect and trust for this person to this day. I just so happen to want to pivot and reprioritize what I, what I needed. And, and I just didn't think that I could run a business and have that low of income while you're building it. Um, I had to prioritize like my fan, my finances and my family 
and for the plans that we had for the future. And so when I left, it had nothing really to do with that partnership or that friendship, but it really had just, I changed directions and I needed to pivot. And so that's the only reason why I left. Um, but yeah, there's some really good information out there online. I think, um, I felt like I read like a whole book on it. (laughs) It feels like a book club episode of how much (laughs) research has been done to really get you in a good mindset to decide, you know, does this venture feel like something that I should do by myself or is it smarter? Is it more strategic or is it harder um, to do it with a partner? It's kind of like the choice between do I want that headache or do I see a partnership as like an asset? And it really is – it's dependent and I think it depends on the model of your business. But um, I did learn that a lot of, I think it, it was like 73, no, 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 that's not the, that's not the right stat. I think it was like around 84% of startup companies have co-founders and they're not solo ventures. So I thought that was interesting. Wow. I know. That is really interesting. And I think there are pros and cons to both, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it's, you know, if you have the right partner, that's always the best way to go. To your point, though, there is a lot of prep you have to do if you are going to work with someone else, whether you have a relationship with them prior to the business or not. But I guess maybe let's talk about, I guess, some of the pros and cons of going it alone versus working with someone else. Why don't we start with a partnership since we have a partnership? Yeah. What are some of the pros of working together, Melissa? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just the productivity, right, of being able to move faster when you're with other people. Uh, You get a higher quantity of work and hopefully you're also getting like a higher quality of work. Um, Moral support, right, just like someone who could be in the trenches with you. Um, I can't stress enough how – nice it is to sort of have a person who can sit with you when like shit hits the fan, but also meet you where you are with that energy to like get shit done when it needs to be done. Um, What else? I I also feel like there, you, it's just nice to have that support, that person to lean on while you're there. And then especially if you have certain skills And there are certain things that like I don't know or I can't do that someone else can come in and do that. I mean, you're just growing your knowledge um, instead of sort of like copying, pasting the same expertise that I might bring. Having that partner is able to fill those gaps and you're like strengthened because of it. You're you know, I think that's like uh, an ideal partnership when there's some balance between, yes, we overlap on the values and we align on those values and then in terms of like expertise and skill set, there are things that Melissa brings to the table um, from her experience, from, you know, from her life that I can't, but I can bring X, Y, and Z. And so together we're that like dynamic duo, duo versus a singular entity. Yeah, I agree. I think leaning into different people's strengths and weaknesses is really helpful. I think that's one of the things that's nice about our partnership is that, like you said, we have shared values, but there are Mm -hmm. different ways of working or different skill sets that I think 
we each feel maybe a little more comfortable with and and those things are complementary in many ways so it's not cut and paste i think it's for me also the benefit of like the sharing sharing startup costs are split between people Mm -hmm. the shared risk it's not entirely on one person's shoulders um shared networking you know Mm -hmm. like your network plus my network Again, there are some overlaps, but there are also huge populations of people who are very different. And so I think it expands in that way by having someone else in the mix. Shared um, just different creativity and ideas in the room. It's not always, this is my idea. This is what I think is great. Um, I have someone else who can like give me a different perspective or build on something and make it better. So I find that to be like huge pros of just that larger brain trust, Mm -hmm. you know, in the room of people building something together. It's not, my limitations are not the company or the project's limitations because there are multiple people in the mix. And because of that, you're able to, that person can, can see around the corners that you can't see. So they, you know, you might be looking at the same problem at the same situation, but you're coming at it with diff- a different perspective, a different point of view, and you're able to solve it in different ways. And like how like comforting is that? Um and I think the accountability piece is nice as well. I know we both try to hold each other and ourselves yes. like accountable. I know you're you're deadline you're deadline driven. Um, I think I've defined myself as more like timeline driven. There's like nuances of why it's not the same as deadline, but for some reason I I like timelines, but I don't quite love deadlines. But anyway, we don't have to. That's a tangent. Tangents are fine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think the accountability piece is nice, and it's spe- in in our cadence, right, of how we work together. Um, it's not like a for me anyway. It's not a demotivating space to work with you. Like I, if anything, I'm the people pleaser in me is always like, oh no, I didn't get to this. I'm like disappointing Renee. Um, I, you don't make me feel that way, but I'm saying, like people pleasing. I'm like, oh no, disappointing. But because of our cadence and how we work together, there's like grace, right? We have we create that safe space to try things and to accept mistakes and accept failures like we're going to do this thing together but we're going to try it and we'll see (laughs) we'll see what happens um so I think that's really nice in a partnership and being able to do that with somebody else I agree I think it's like what you mentioned about things to think about if you are going to go into a venture with someone else it is that safe space where we can try something creative or I can get feedback or, you know, constructive Mm -hmm. criticism. And I personally have never taken any of your constructive criticism personally. I'm like, oh, that she just thinks this is a better idea or Mm -hmm. your expertise or background suggests that we should move in a different direction. And it never Mm -hmm. feels like an attack. And I think that's what every healthy partnership should feel like. I know that's not the case for everyone, but I think that is something to look for if you're going to work with someone so that you have that space to experiment, to try new things and to be open to getting better. And sometimes that means Mm -hmm. like the other person you're working with might say, "Mm, I disagree with that. 
I think I have edits, I have feedback. And just knowing that that's like, we're all working for a shared goal. It's not, yeah, you know, about you. It's about the project and, and we're all mm-hmm. on the same team. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's like, yeah, a very important indicator and like asterisk, you know, like this, you know, I'm giving you this feedback because I am thinking in the eyes of our audience. I'm thinking in the eyes of someone who's scrolling and seeing something on social and this didn't make sense to me. And I have to take a step back and be like, I've been in it for like an hour and a half working on it. I'm clearly not seeing it for the first time. And so I have to trust, right? I have to trust like your instincts and trust um, the feedback that you're you're giving. And you know, it's, and I guess this is a good transition to cons it is just because we've been friends, like we've known each other going on 20 years. Um, mm-hmm. We've never actually worked together before. And so just because we've been friends, we've built up this friendship doesn't necessarily mean that we could run a, a successful company or a project or podcast together. And I think we lucked out in that we were able to align on uh, values and align on the type of work ethic that we have and the type of vision that we have for this and just like the the gumption and the the drive to to want to do it and make sacrifices for it um but yeah just because you might get along with somebody doesn't necessarily mean yes we should have a business together or even yes we should be roommates or yes we should I was go gonna on say a the roommate trip <laughs> I was going to bring up roommates because I know so many people who they are like, this friend is my ride or die, but I might live better with an acquaintance or, you know, just as roommates, we don't work, but you know, outside of living together, you are like my favorite person. And like, same thing Mm -hmm. with traveling together, love seeing you every day, but not maybe all day. And you know, it's, you do have to figure that out. So you're right. We lucked out in many ways. Luckily, I guess we'd mm-hmm. never lived together before. But we've like, te- we've traveled together. So we tested some yeah. of that, like <laughs> how much is too much? Like what's that vibe? But we've shared one bathroom. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We got a glimpse. <laughs> <laughs> we've recorded in that bathroom, <laughs> but yes. in Spain. yeah. In Spain. Oh my God. Another thing that I think is a potential con, well, not even potential, it is a con, I guess, of partnering with someone else is that there is that element of compromise. And I think many Mm -hmm. people, when they leave working for someone else, it's a lot of that is driven by, I want to work for myself. I want to call the shots. I want to make the decisions. I want that creative or freedom or I want more control. And you do get a lot of that even in a partnership, but there is, you know, whether it's two co-founders, three, whatever, there is someone else that you have to kind of make decisions with. And so for some people, that could be a con in that you're not getting full free reign to do exactly what you want. I'll say that my Mm -hmm. response to that is that you're never doing exactly what you want. You are still beholden to your customer, your audience, the marketplace. So like you are going to have to compromise anyway, but I guess you might not be thinking that far ahead and you're just thinking, oh, well, I wanted our brand color to be blue and my my partner said green and now I have to give up 
my dream of blue, you know? <laughs> and, and that's obviously a very mm-hmm. silly example, but there are things like that, that you're like, oh, I have to take someone else's ideas into consideration as well. Yeah. I'll, um, there's a Forbes article that I'll, I'll, sh- share in the show notes and there was like a good list of pros and cons as well so I'm gonna read off of some of the cons and I was like oh wow yeah this is um some good stuff so a potential con could be an unequal effort or commitment to the business um I was actually seeing a lot of articles and content about like a having a 50 50 split of you know when you enter into a partnership with somebody I think it's sort of like gut reaction easy peasy, everything's 50-50. But I didn't realize how polarizing of an idea this is. Like some people are very anti-50-50 when it comes to equity in a company or splitting profits. But I've also heard like other people disagreeing with that and saying, no, um, it it actually feels like demotivating to not do the 50-50 and more confusing. And so I think that's like an interesting interesting part of entering into partnership is money. I know money tends to complicate things. Um, And so a lot of the cons were around money, right? Of um, so if you're putting in more into the company and everything's 50, 50, it feels unequal. Like, are they really committed to this business? So there's that, that struggle with that. Um, And because things are 50, 50, and let's say it's a partnership who is sort of that tiebreaker. Like if things aren't, if things aren't in agreement. So you like the blue Ooh. and I like the green, but we both have 50-50. What does that look like? Um, and potentially yeah. like eventually maybe with like startup companies or businesses not being on the same page about the vision. So I might go into our business and be like, I just want to do this for five years, build this up and sell it and take the money and go. And you might be, no, like, this is my baby. I want to do this for the rest of my life. I want to be CEO. I want to run a company. I want to call all the shots. Um, And we might not be right on the same page in terms of the vision for it. And that also includes, like, yeah, the misalignment and the the vision. I saw a lot of that as well. Um, Not being aligned not having conversation, I guess this isn't a con, I guess we're maybe now transitioning into like things to keep Mm -hmm. in mind, especially if you're going to work with someone else or work on your own is, do you have conversations about an exit strategy up front? Like how, like what's the pathway if I wake up tomorrow and say, I don't want to do this anymore. Especially if it's like a profitable business, like is it the whole thing has to dissolve and we split profits? Can I be bought out? Am I allowed to just exit and things continue moving without me? Like they're all of those things, mm-hmm. which I think the bigger an enterprise becomes is the more complicated it is. And depending on who you're partnering with, mm-hmm. particularly I think if you're partnering with someone you had a pre-existing relationship with, like this is your spouse, this is a family member, this is a friend, it's you have to be willing to have those difficult conversations, especially if you want to preserve that relationship, which I think most people do outside of that venture. Like mm-hmm. if we're married, I still, I'm going to go home with you at the end of the night and I don't want it yeah. to be like 
uncomfortable in our living room or you're my family member. I can't just like say, sorry, mom or dad, like you're cut out of my life forever. I mean, some people do, but that's usually not the hope, especially if you start something, right. same thing yeah, with yeah. friendship. So it's like, how do I navigate having those conversations and making sure if I'm going to work with someone that I already know that I am prepared to have conversations that might not come up in a typical, just like we hang out, we have fun, we celebrate each other's good times. Like you're not having that moment of, Hey friend, you're not pulling your weight, you know, talking about 50, 50, or Mm -hmm. I have a different idea that's going to shake things up and you're comfortable with the status quo. So yeah, I think that's something else to really consider. And it's wild to me how many successful businesses are out there that are family owned, family run, and so many partnerships that are also relationships. And, you know, I mean, Eric and I have never talked about this, but I can probably say him and I, I don't know if we would want <laughs> our own business together. I think, you know, <laughs> I, maybe things could things could change. Maybe in 10 years, I'm going to look back on this episode and laugh. And Eric and I have this like amazing company together. And I'm like, ha ha, I can't believe we thought that. Um, but yeah, it, it is hard to divide that, right? Of of how, I don't I don't even I can't even give advice on that because I don't really know how to navigate that quite yet. I've never been in that experience or had that experience. Um, but I think it's beautiful when other people can of, you know, Chip and Joanna Gaines, for example. I mean, that's just like one married couple. Yeah. But, you know, like I feel like they're constantly together and they run a very successful business um they did a show together they have like a handful of kids I don't know how many kids but they have a lot of kids um so yeah kudos to those I mean that'd be great to get like a guest on here who does run a family-owned business because I would love to get some insights (laughs) I think for me as someone who does not have an MBA and it's just like speaking based on what I've seen I think Again, because I do believe a lot of people want to work for themselves because they want more control and more freedom. I think these partnerships, whether it's family, spouse, friend, I think sometimes they work best when everyone has like a clearly defined role. So even though I'm working with you, I still have autonomy to a certain extent, you know? Mm. So it's, it's not like everything there are checks and balances in place because it's a business. It's not just like a hobby. Like we have to make sure that things are running well number, you know, like no one's just like going Mm -hmm. off the rails, but I think it is helpful (laughs) if I can say, you know what? I'm in charge of like business development. I'm bringing in new clients, that business stuff. Like that's where I succeed. Mm. And someone else can say, I'm on marketing. I am doing this stuff. And like, yeah, we check in with each other, but like no one feels like they're micromanaged or that there's too much oversight. It's like we check in enough to make sure things are good, but I still have that autonomy and that freedom. And maybe that helps it not feel so sticky. I'm glad you brought that up. I just read or listened to, I did an audiobook version of Brene's, uh, Brene Brown's Dare to Lead. And uh, one I wish of I knew the that because biggest... I was going 
going to suggest that as one of our book clubs because I have it. Oh, we can still do it. We can absolutely <laughs> still do it. I'm actually – I loved it so much. I'm trying to find – if I want to buy like a physical copy of it because um, I just feel like it's one of those books that I can just get to refer back to over and over again. Um, oh, that's good. And to teaser, know. it's kind of like part of my manifestation, but this isn't. This part isn't. And one of the things in the books that she talks about is clarification, right? Just what you mentioned, and that clear is kind, unclear is unkind. And so this idea that if you know and can communicate to somebody, and you're clear, and you're honest about like where the boundaries are or what roles are, that is an act of kindness. Um, And another resource that I think if you're thinking about starting a startup or going into a partnership with somebody, there was this like 30 minute long YouTube video that I was watching during this research. And it was from this company called Y Combinator. And they are in, they invest in startups Um, And so a lot of startups that many of us may know is Airbnb, Stripe, Reddit, Twitch, Instacart. Um, They have this YouTube video on like, if you're thinking about getting a co-founder, here's some advice. And one of the things that they mention, um, I just completely lost my train of thought. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I probably distracted you because I had the world's no. wildest Charlie horse. I was like, now. wait, should I stop? <laughs> it's totally fine. I just tried to move my leg and I like felt the cramp come in. Um, oh, no. Sorry. No, I can't believe you're like, re- I don't know how you like came back from that. I would have been like, time out. We're done. Give me a second. This is the worst pain I've ever this- felt. <laughs> This is why we're not going to, we're going to put like the full episodes just back to back. Well, let me not say never. That's why currently we do not have like a full recording of this because there are moments like this where I'm howling in the background while Melissa's sharing like valuable resources. (laughs) Or Renee's going like, Melissa, you're on mute. You're on mute. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Why on the video with Y Combinator, um, they... They share an anecdote about how they op- they ha- they started a startup. They had four co-founders, and the one mistake that they made with that is when they first started, they were not very clear on what the roles and responsibilities were going to be for each person. And so they went in with no titles. They said, we're all just co-founders. And that created a lot of tension and a lot of misalignments. And so when you have a lot of like small misalignments, they can fester and manifest over time. And so to your point about maybe why certain companies work well and are successful is because there is like a clear delineation between what I do and what you do. Here's where we overlap. Here's what we do when we need to make a decision Here's what we do if we get stuck so that risk, you know, what's what's the risk and how are we going to mitigate mitigate the risk and being like really clear about that. Um, yeah, I think that's a great number one rule for creating harmony within a business partnership. 
For sure. It, it brings me back to what you said earlier, which I thought was really interesting about when you have 50-50 partnerships, who is the tiebreaker? How do we, mm-hmm. you know, figure out, well, I think A, you think B, is it just that one of us eventually just caves or, you know, I mean, I don't know. We haven't had anything, I don't think, that's been like super contentious where either, at least speaking for myself, I haven't felt super Mm -hmm. strongly about something where if you were like, no, I think we should do this. I've been like, okay, all right. But I I can imagine in like, again, larger businesses with bigger decisions, with there's more, more risk involved, more money involved, that is pretty hard to mediate without an official media. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think, I mean, a lot of it boils down to the trust I think that you have with that person. Um, obviously if you don't trust them, I don't know if you should be going into business with them. Um, <laughs> taking a couple <laughs> steps back. Yes. Say that again. <laughs> One more time. If you do not trust them, I don't think you should be in business together, period. Because green versus blue is going to become a bigger issue of are we on the same page ethically? Are Mm -hmm. we, do we have the same vision for like who we're serving and like how we serve them? Like, yeah, that trust piece is very important. Um, There is a old coworker friend of mine and this is forever stuck in my brain. She was just going on like a rant about something else. And she says, there are two things that you don't mess with, with me. You don't mess with my man and you don't mess with my money. <laughs> and I think I was thinking about that when we're talking about partnerships, because I mean, it is a very vulnerable thing to do. Like you're putting a lot on the line, stepping into a venture with somebody else And I feel like even when I dipped my toes into entrepreneurship and partnership with somebody, I don't know if I really thought about it as hardcore as I would have thought about it now, right? I wasn't thinking about the exit strategy. I wasn't thinking about what it would be like if I woke up one day. That's literally what it was. I woke up and it was like, I don't think this is the direction that my life is pulling me in. And that ripples and that affects her, right? Uh, My business partner. And so luckily for me, it ended up on good terms. And so the way that our partnership dissolved, we hired a lawyer and long story short, I just, we just, we had a 50-50 partnership and I just like left with 50% of what our business was at the time, which it was profitable. Can I just like say that real quick? Like I'm going to pat myself on the back for a second. Like we legit made money. And it was nice. like a good sum of money where I was like, oh, this is good. Um, and and then she just sort of like took the brand, owned it, and it, it is now 100% fully hers. And luckily, there wasn't a lot of like issues or friction with that. It, it felt like a, a nice, clean cut and split. Um, and that's not right always the case. But I think because there was some trust built up already with how we work together, she understood what my intentions were. I understood how meaningful meaningful this brand was to her and, and stepping away as like owning her, her own business was. It wasn't like a tit for tat. Well, I did this, so you can't show that, you know, it wasn't messy, thankfully. 
Um, but yeah, trust trust is a big one. Trust and trusting your gut too is a big one when it comes to this stuff. For sure, trusting your gut, I think trusting the other person, open communication, you know? I think a lot of these things are just circling around again about how do you communicate with someone? How do you do your best to keep them abreast of what you're thinking? like how things are going. Hopefully no mm. one feels like, oh my gosh, why do you have this idea that we should create a YouTube channel? This is out of left field. Like I would hope that if that came up, I'd be like, you know what? We have been talking a lot about new audiences and new technology. So like this, this feels like it makes sense and not like mm-hmm. everything's coming completely out of left field and the left hand isn't talking to the right hand kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, an African proverb I like that I've heard mentioned in a couple different spaces about doing things with people versus doing it on your own is if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I just really like that. I like that idea of no man is an island. There are things that you can like do really efficiently on your own where it's like, I got no one holding me back. I can work, burn the midnight oil every night. If I want to, I can just boom, 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 go. But like the more that you create something, whether it's a business, whether it's a baby, like whatever it is, like we do need support. And whether that's an official business partner or, you know, the staff around you, the people that you hire, like Mm -hmm. there is this idea that I think at a certain point, going it alone will slow you down. You might get that initial burst on your own, but there are, there's a point where it's like, we can do better if I hire an employee, if I bring in an editor to like read, read these drafts Mm -hmm. before I just post them on my own. If I have someone else to pressure test, A, B test some of these ideas. And so I think regardless of whether what the t- it kind of goes back to our last week's episode regardless of the title if someone's also a co-founder a co-ceo whatever if you are doing it alone i think you do need to get comfortable with the idea that there will be a point where you will need to bring other people in to that process yes. i think and it's it's an asset it's an asset yeah. to do that because and we've talked about this before too at some point there're just going to be like way too many hats that you're going to wear by yourself um and you know they say we're you know you're not we aren't we're not superman we're not superwoman um we have to be able to learn how to accept help and and that is a that is a sign of leadership that is a sign of strength right um and by opening up the window to ask for help and getting help you're able to um focus on driving the business growth or driving towards that mission and the vision that you had for that company. If you're in the weeds working on finances or working on um, your social strategy and then trying to pitch uh, articles to media and you're trying to do this and, but you're also trying to build a good product. I mean, that's just too many things to do. You're going to, we're going to drive ourselves mad doing that. So I like that idea of, at some point, 
you are going to have to loosen the reins a bit on the control and, and, and doing it by yourself and you will go farther um, with a team and with people, especially if there's that shared vision. Um, I also, there's a lot of articles circulating around partnerships and duos and like really famous duos with brands that we know. Uh, so I thought this was just like really interesting that, uh, yeah, a lot of successful businesses have been started with more than one founder. There's Microsoft. We know Bill Gates, but he had a partner. He had Paul Allen for uh, 10 years. Um, mm. Apple, St- uh, Steve Jobs. There was also Stephen um, Wozniak. Oh Wozniak. Thank you. Wozniak. Yeah. <laughs> and then they had a third person, Ronald Wayne, who I didn't even realize. Um, Facebook, I mean, Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook now meta, Mark Zuckerberg, but he had four co-founders. Um, again, we could like <laughs> probably do a whole case study <laughs> on that one, or you could just watch Social Network. Um, uh, but Ben and yeah. Jerry's, <laughs> Procter and Gamble, um, what else? Uh, oh, Oprah and Gail. <laughs> do they have a business together or are they just like a power duo? No, I think like the network own. I think they own that together. Oh, I didn't know Gail was involved with that. I just know them as yeah. iconic besties. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I, I think know. they're like they're business partners too. <laughs> I love that. I know. And Isn't they, that awesome? they make it work. <laughs> Clearly. They work. I mean, I Joanna Gaines and Chip Gaines. <laughs> yeah. They grew they're growing a successful brand and successful business. Um, but yeah, there's this article there that's like a, a handful more. Um, Nike, that was a partnership or um, with with two co-founders. SoulCycle, Netflix, Instagram before uh, Facebook bought them. So, so yeah, interesting, yeah. interesting study on like how some of these big brands were created and what it meant to have like a co-founders and maybe some of the benefits there were to that. So I geeked out For over that sure. One. I think, yeah, I was, I was thinking about some of the brands I like that have like are founded by partnerships as well. Like you and I've talked about Edom, um, the mm-hmm. beauty company to former Google co-workers who just said, let's leave Google and start a beauty brand Um, and some other companies that I like. And I think part of it too is that doing something on your own just feels so scary, particularly if you're trying to generate profit and you're trying to make that your primary job Mm -hmm. or income. It just feels like this is such a big endeavor. And everyone knows that so many small businesses fail and every big business starts as a small business. So everyone has that fear of failure or, you know, knowing that sometimes the numbers are against you, that it is helpful, you know, to have that emotional support. That's that other person to bounce ideas off of, or just that, that other validation of this idea isn't really crazy because they're also going all in on it too. Like this isn't, Mm -hmm. I'm not the only person who believes in this. Even if we don't make it, there's at least one other person who thinks this is a good idea. And sometimes you just need that confidence boost to really mm-hmm. blossom. <laughs> you know, it's like someone else believes in this. And like, I just needed that affirmation, maybe. And I I know we've, we've sort of strayed like team co-founder. <laughs> 
Um, and I, I know that there's like situations where businesses don't work out and businesses dissolve and it, it and it wasn't a good decision. Um, and so I think just trusting your gut on that. And there are, I mean, there are businesses, um, and depending on like what, how your model is, like you can also work for yourself and be like a freelancer or a contractor and, and where you don't necessarily need, necessarily need a specific partner to run your singular business. But I think just like having that element and continued element of like building community and having partners and other people that you work with is still critical and important. Um, I think my, my last thought on this, cause I really liked this quote and I'm trying to find who said this. Oh, here, here it is. Um, I don't know. I didn't know him before I read this in the article, but he's an, his name is Barry Maltz. He's the author of You Need to Be a Little Crazy, The Truth About Starting and Growing Your Business. Like, should we read this book? Um, (laughs) He points out in a section in his book, getting into a partnership is a lot easier than getting out. And I think it just is like a nice reminder to think ahead of like, Am I making the right decision? Are we asking the hard questions? Are we on the same page with when I say I have boundaries around my time, what does that actually mean? Does that mean you don't want to work weekends? Does that mean you only can dedicate five hours of your week to this? Like just getting really nuanced about things just to make sure. And it's not like a a judgment of if somebody wants it more than you or not. I think it's just like, are it's just like that willingness of being able to meet that person where they are. And some people can't meet you where, where you are. And if that's the case, then it, it's probably not going to work out. Abs- absolutely. I, I think that quote applies to all kinds of partnerships, business and personal. I mean, anyone yeah, who's been through a divorce or seen, you know, a bad breakup, like, it is usually easier to get into most partnerships than it is to get out of them. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I love that quote. I think, I guess my last thing, I'll actually challenge you. I don't know that I am team partnership. I think it depends (laughs) on, I think it depends on the business and it depends on, I I feel like I say that this is my stuck record, knowing yourself, (laughs) Like, like, do you know, like, what are things that I am more comfortable compromising on and what are things that I just want total control? Like, I think mm-hmm. for me personally, a business like the podcast, I find works well as a partnership. I, I enjoy it. I think it's better with the two of us than if it was alone, in my opinion. Um, I, I think something Same. like this works well. I think mm-hmm. there are certain super creative endeavors. And yes, our business is creative, but there's certain creative things that I think are a lot harder to compromise on. Um, And that just might be my personality. Like when I see two people write a, like a novel together, not a nonfiction book, but like a novel, I'm like, yeah, how (laughs) did you do that? Because like, I have certain, a certain voice that I want to use certain, language style, certain thing, you know, like there's certain creative projects that I think work well with other people and then mm-hmm. others that are a little harder. And it, and again, it depends on, it depends on your personality. I think for me, there's certain artistry things that 
feel a little close. They feel like more personal. Like this is something that I'm really attached to versus I can take other business ideas and be like, okay, that was just a strategic choice. And I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. happy to take the L on this one, but it's hard if someone's like, uh, eh, that piece of music sucks. And you're like, no, I think this is the greatest song ever. Like, how do you not like love this chord progression? <laughs> you know, <It's> like, <laughs> I think mm-hmm. you just have think about what kind of business you're trying to start also. And like where you're going to be a stickler for certain things. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And I, I mean, I know a lot of small business owners who don't have a partner and a lot of them are like, some of my best friends like oh my best friend like literally owns modern legend in wilmington and she just has now she's just i think within the past year and a half just hired someone like actually full-time and salaried for the last six and a half years prior to that she was truly running this business on her own um michelle who we had on our podcast she runs konos by herself and i'm pretty sure that's going to be like a a solopreneurship, um, at least for like the near future. Uh, you know, who knows? I haven't talked to her about that of like opening up a partnership or anything like that. So it definitely is around the business needs, the business model that you have. And yeah, also like what you're willing to, what, what is like your ultimate goal? Um, if you're seeking autonomy, if you're seeking collaboration, if you're seeking business growth, Um, I think the partnership piece of like it being more successful, I I think it has been in like the tech startup space of sort of launching like some of these now household names of Airbnb and Stripe and all this stuff. Like a lot of the successful, those successful companies, um, which I think is so interesting, was rooted in in partnerships. Um, And I personally, I'm just curious to – I'm hoping maybe Malcolm, uh, Malcolm, <laughs> Malcolm Gladwell, Malcolm, um, will write a book and do some studies around partnerships and sort of the psychology behind like what makes it like a true partnership. Like what are the personality types that make two people be able to work and build a huge business together? Because like part of me, my initial sort of glance into it is like, is one person just, I don't know if laid back is the word, but if one person is willing to take us like take a little bit of the the back seat, while there is like the head chef, right? Like there's typically no two head chefs in the kitchen. There's a head chef and there's a sous chef, and is there's always like there's a CEO and there's a CTO or CFO. Um, and what's sort of the the study between is it successful? Can there actually be co CEOs? Um, yeah. So and maybe to I'm like build. Yeah. And maybe to build on your like kitchen analogy, maybe it's not about do we have two chefs in the kitchen or it's like the successful partnership. There's someone who's running the front of the house and then there's someone who's running yeah. the back of the house. So it's like I make analogy. the food and you deal with the dining experience up front. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that we can't have two amazing chefs, but maybe it is just like, I do the tech, I code, I create the platform, I build the, I build this, and then I'm the business guy. I'm the one running out, taking meetings. You know, maybe I know mm-hmm. some tech, but like, 
ideally, like we're not both fighting over who gets to be CTO. It's like, it's clear that you're the tech guy. It's clear that you're the money guy. It's clear that I'm the operational oversight Mm -hmm. project manager. So yeah, I I would love like actual data on like what trends for successful Mm -hmm. collaborations look like. Come on, yeah, Malcolm. I'll keep an eye out. <laughs> Come on. Is there a sociologist? And like, is, does this book already exist? We just need to find it. Let, uh, let yeah. us know. But I think uh, your analogy of front of house, back of house makes sense. And full circle, it just all comes back to clarity. Clear is kind. Unclear is unkind. We love clarity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm um, glad our partnership well, has worked thus far. <laughs> that neither yes. of us have like gone running yes. for the hills. <laughs> no, not yet. Don't piss me off. No, that's kidding. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, but I love. I really loved doing so much like research and reading for this episode. I'm glad we talked about it, and um, I think. I, the biggest thing, and then I'm done with this. I'm, I'm down, and I'll be off my diatribe. Is the being able to ask hard questions. Um, I gotta, I gotta stretch that muscle and, and be better at that as well. And just like all areas of life, like my actual like marriage and partnership there, my partnership with you, running a podcast, future partnerships I may have down the line with my career and such, um, and never shying away from it. So. Yeah. Loved this one. That's a muscle I feel like we always have to work, right? Like getting comfortable, asking tough questions, and accepting the answers we hear, you know? Like if if I want to work with you and you tell me I want to be doing this, like I think it's totally fine in the early years to be working till 4 a.m. every night. And I'm like, oh, I don't really want to do that, but I still want to work with Melissa. It's like – I think you need to listen to what people are telling you and realize like as much as I want to work with someone, I don't know if their answers are aligning with Mm me and like listen to what you're hearing and like take that in. Cause I think that's hard too. Like sometimes we ask questions with an idea of what we want the response to be and we kind of fit the answer to like go in what we want to hear and I think we need to be Versus, better about, yeah. like, listening, you know, like, well, what did you actually say? Or did I just ask that kind of, how's your day going? It's fine. And it's like, well, is it fine? Or are you actually telling me that your day was awful? But, like, I, I don't really want to have that conversation. I just wanted you to say it was fine. You know, I think we have to, like, mm-hmm. listen to what we're hearing and know that that might kind of take us off course, too. Yeah. Like Brene Brown talked about that in, that in her book as well. So maybe we do have to make this a book club book. Oh, maybe. I love her. I've never read that book, though. So, um, yeah, glad to know that you like it. Love an endorsement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that wasn't my gold star. Um, <laughs> even what though is it your gold sounds star like it week? from the whole episode. <laughs> um, okay, so my gold star is an email newsletter. And I know, like, our emails are so fl- – our inboxes are so flooded already. But there's this newsletter um, from a company called Good, 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 and they're an independent media organization. And so they have an email newsletter called Good Newsletter, and it just is – like, I think this past week 
they shared news around um, whales and whales' behavior. And um, if you know from Disney, I forgot, Bridget Mendler, Medler, um, she I know what you're going to say. Yeah. Yeah. She was in, is it Good Luck, Good Luck Charlie? Her and her husband started a startup company. um, And I'm not going to say this right, but it has to do with space (laughs) and and stuff because I'm not even cognitive of exactly how just like wildly smart she is. And so her and her husband started this company. And so it was like that kind of news, like that good giving, like feels like a hug type of news that we just all need to fill our cups sometimes. Um, so I do have a ref- an actual referral link, like asterisk. If you click on this and sign up, I will get rewarded with like swag. So if you want to sign up for it, they actually had a referral link and I'm like, I'm going to use it. I want a sticker. Um, and then secondary to that, there's also a newsletter from CNN called CNN's Good Stuff. It's also a great newsletter just to get some good news um, and stories in your inbox. That link is not a referral link, but you should sign up anyway. <laughs> um, but what's your gold star, Renee? Uh, I, I love yours. I love email newsletters. It just helps to like break down everything on the internet to just kind of make it digestible. Mm-hmm. My gold star is a podcast I discovered like a handful of days ago called It Takes a Village to Raise an Entrepreneur by Delina Medin. So she, mm. I might be mispronouncing her name, so I apologize, but I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. So she spent her career as a makeup artist and kind of like a creative entrepreneur, like in that space, and then decided to work for herself and has recently launched or at least recently there's like a new season of this podcast um, where she interviews other creative entrepreneurs that are in adjacent fields talking about everything from making the decision to quit your job, growing your network, um, discussing rates and contracts. It's just really like an interesting space where she talks to really cool people about, you know, like becoming an entrepreneur and a lot of them are in she's been makeup so the episode I listened to was with a woman who of course now I can't remember her last name um but I'll drop that episode in there I think her name is Sophie something she runs a um esthetician like facial spa in New York City Mm. and it was talking about how in her mid-career she pivoted from being an accessories designer in fashion to going to beauty school to you know, now be like a facialist for celebrities like Zendaya and others and just this really popular space in the city. And it's, I just, I love stories like that, hearing people take risks, make big changes. And it, it's cool. Like all, all of the like other headlines of people she'd interviewed, I was like, oh, I've like bookmarked several episodes in the past to go back and listen to now. So it takes a village to raise an entrepreneur Really, really cool conversations, especially if you're into creative entrepreneurs, you know, like fashion, beauty, social, like consumer good products, Mm -hmm. like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm, Okay. I'll have to add that. I'm that's right up my alley. I would love to listen to this podcast. Yeah, it's good. Um, 
What are you manifesting this week, though? Um, so we're going to go back to Brene Brown because <laughs> this book <laughs> is just like cemented in my brain. Um, and so she says in the book, instead of feeling our emotions and getting curious, we offload our emotions into other people. We take that ball of emotional energy welling up inside us and hurl it towards other people. And it is a very human thing to do this. And it could be – it typically is towards the people that you love. Sometimes it's even targeted to people that you work with where we are just having a lot of things happening, right, in our heads and our hearts. And we offload them. And I've never pictured it. And, and and framed it that way of like when I'm having a big emotion and someone asks me a question, what I'm doing if I'm being reactive is I'm offloading that emotion to them. And that is, you know, honestly unkind of me to do that. And so she just gives advice around like how to be less reactive, um, learning how to regulate your emotions. And she kind of gives you this tip of before you really – bring yourself to do that and offload your emotion to somebody else, have a moment to have a shitty first draft, like in your head, like under, like figure out how to, and understand like why you're feeling the way that you're feeling. Be curious in that way versus being unkind and offloading our emotions to other people. And so that's what I'm manifesting. I'm manifesting uh, being more in tune with that and, mm. and not offloading emotions for people who are just loving me <laughs> or who are just there, right? Yeah, just like innocent passerby, <laughs> wrong place, wrong yeah. time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I can definitely relate to that as well. So I, I like Everyone, that. we're all humans. We all do it. <laughs> yeah. um, how about you? Um, my manifestation, so sometimes as part of my job, I get to talk to really amazing entrepreneurs in different fields, fields that I don't necessarily want to go into, but I, it's like one of my favorite things when I get to do it is just talk to people who've started something for themselves and just like hear their lessons and wisdom. And I spoke to this amazing 65 year old today. He was so nice and just like had such an amazing life story also. And in the course of our conversation, when I was just like, you know, talking to him, he said, if you exceed expectations, you're going to get noticed. He's like, there's always this pressure for people, you know, and he is someone who has hired hundreds of employees and kind of managed things like, how do I, you know, do well? Like for him, I was talking to him because he made a career pivot at 59 and he was like, it was really late in the game. People were like, you should just be coasting to retirement. Why are you starting a whole new job, a whole new career you've never worked in. And he's like, I just know like if I work hard and I exceed expectations, I'll get noticed. And I was talking to him because he was one of the high performers in the program and kind of not someone you would expect at that age with his lack of knowledge mm -hmm. to be such a superstar. And I just, I loved his advice of if you exceed expectations, you're going to get noticed. Like, just focus on doing your best and working hard. And it doesn't matter if the other factors maybe don't line up with who they expect to be the best or the highest performing. So that's what I'm manifesting. Just focus on me and exceeding expectations and you will get noticed. Like you will be rewarded for that effort. Oh, that's awesome. I love that he pivoted. 
at 59. Cause yeah, you're right. Like people are normally like, huh, why are you even trying to seek a new opportunity? Don't you just want to like enjoy your life? Um, so that's cool that he's doing His that. Life is so incredible. He was like, yeah, I went to school for business and finance. I worked on banking. Then I went to like work in ministry for like 25 years as a pastor. Then close to retirement, I made a total left turn into what he's doing now. In between there, he like made a friend where they helped to do a little fundraising thing that was like the largest fundraised in the history of this like well-known organization. Mm. I was like, you are spectacular. And just like (laughs) average, you know, just like average Joe who has, you know, like, I think every average person has an extraordinary story. And he was mm-hmm. a great example of that. <laughs> like, really amazing life. Um, and the thing I like about what he said about, you know, you'll get noticed is so, even, okay, how do I say this? It's not always the people that you think are going to notice you will notice you if you exceed expectations. So when I'm, I guess how I'm saying it is like, let's say you exceed expectations at work. You're wanting your manager to see it. You're wanting the CEO of the company to see it, but, and, and sometimes they might not. Right. Um, we've talked about this Mm -hmm. in our last episode about needing to advocate for yourself, but other people will notice. And those other people will carry that and will, will remember that when you may not work at that company anymore or you're seeking new opportunities or they're the ones who are going to speak your name in the rooms that you may end up in one day. So the whole like that was kind of like the an asterisk I was thinking of, of like, oh, like, yeah, he didn't say notice by leadership. He just said notice yeah. by other people. Um, yeah, people pay attention. And you will be noticed – even if you don't notice them noticing. I know that that has now like put us in a circle, but like just because you don't see someone acknowledging your hard work doesn't mean that they're not seeing it and like taking note of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like the dashboard confessional song. Again, I go unnoticed. (laughs) (laughs) Bring it back to like her emotional high school days. Bring it back to 2002, baby. <laughs> um, well, I like I like those manifestations. I love – that's so wild that you had that conversation today, and I just love yeah. when the universe works like that. It's like you needed to hear it. I needed to hear that, and now you've shared it with us. So. Yeah. Shout out. I don't want to say too much about, like, his name or what he's doing now, but, like – He's yeah, a wonderful man. He's wonderful. And I was like, oh, my God, I love talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad he made it on the pod. Yes, yes. Rock star with his amazing life. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I got to go check out that podcast. Um, it takes a village to raise an entrepreneur. Um, so thank you for sharing that as well. And, yeah, for this awesome conversation, I'm going to continue to geek out over some of the psychology behind partnerships now. Me too. Thank you for sharing all your resources and your time. And thank you, listeners, for, you know, hanging with us. And hopefully our conversations are helping you if you are in that decision-making phase of, do I wait to find the right person? Do I make a jump on my own? Hopefully this episode has helped help move you in the direction that's right for what what you're thinking about or, or just giving you some other things to keep in mind if you've already 
started down a path. What Renee said. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, all right, guys. you all take care. Bye. Bye.